All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to the BMW Blog Podcast. This is episode forty-three, and I'm joined by Horacio, our uh, you know editor in chief. He's uh, we're doing it on video this time, so we can actually talk to each other. It's pretty good. Yeah, and uh, we have some. Yeah, we have some good topics today. Um, we're going to talk about some things like the uh, the Auto Cars Top 100, which had a few BMWs on it. Uh, top 100 most beautiful cars, so that was pretty cool. Um, Horatio's got the scoop on the, the BMW i4. Well, he's going to clarify some things. I think there's some confusion, yeah. uh, especially at least <laughs> on my end a little bit. And then um, BMW M550i and the M5 and kind of the... the comparison between that and then some of the cars we drove in 2020 and what we're looking forward to driving in 2021 so thank yeah. you Rachel, for joining us today hey nico how are things good how are you good good so uh quite a few topics today we'll try to keep it short i mean it's also a video so we'll try to get to the point immediately yeah um so you want to kick it off with uh the best looking bmws ever made Sure, yeah. So I have the list up here. And as part of Autocar's Top 100 Most Beautiful Cars Ever Made, which I thought yeah. was like a bold statement to put yeah. a lot of BMWs on, actually. Um, they had a, a few surprising ones and some that I thought were like, you know, uh, obvious ones. Like yeah. the BMW 507 was, they, they considered the best looking BMW of all time. It was like the highest ranked BMW on the list. And that's hard to disagree with because it's Agreed. ridiculously good looking. Um, but they also had the i8 on there. I thought that was interesting because the i8 is a great looking car, but I don't know if it's traditionally beautiful. You know, it's like very high tech and futuristic, but yeah. like the 507 is beautiful, but like the i8, I don't know. What do you think about the i8 being on there? I mean, honestly, with the i8, it's about, what, about seven, eight years old right now. I think the concept, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, 2000, like I think they showed the uh, Vision Efficient Dynamics 2009, and I think the car, right. the production one was maybe 2011. So it's quite old, actually. I mean, if you look back, it's not a it's not a new car. Right. But every time you look, you see the car like on the street. I I don't think you ever you know imagine that that car came out you know a decade ago. I mean, it's 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 still yeah. extremely good looking, and it's also quite unique, right? I mean, there is nothing out there that kind of looks the same. Of course, there are a bunch of you know supercars with the golf wing doors and all these crazy yeah. doors, but nothing that looks like the i8 right so i mean i think that's what kind of yeah and and i remember when when the car launched they had this design philosophy with floating elements so the idea was for them to kind of show lightness through like floating design elements so if you look from the back you you kind of see the the tail lights they, they have these gaps and spaces mm -hmm. in uh, between that, that flying buttress design exactly yeah. so i think that was the idea with that you know to have this you know floating design it's quite unique they moved away from that you know on the newer cars but that's the only one that really employed that uh, that technology and i had a chance to actually meet both the designers that did the concept car and, and I mean, that's kind of what they wanted, a, a, a good looking futuristic car, but at the same time with simple lines, you know, uh, yeah. especially like inside, like inside you can see that it's all about minimalistic and yeah. nothing too extravagant. I would say they could have done probably a better job with the premium materials to make it a little bit more, you know, luxurious, but I think they really wanted to just keep it sustainable and simple and I kind of get that. But the exterior, it's absolutely beautiful. I think it's the only car that every time that I drove one, I would have people stop me to ask me questions. I'll have the oh, yeah. you know police officer stop me to <laughs> kind of say, hey, you know, what kind of car this is? I mean, that was right. when it came out. And, and people actually, their reaction was like, is that a BMW, really? So yeah. especially when it came out, people didn't realize the BMW makes that car. So that's kind of what makes it unique. So to me, I, I think it's a, it's a fantastic design. Uh, I 
every time that I see the car today, I'm I'm still you know in love with that uh, with that styling. Yeah, for sure. It, it's a it's a really it, like like you said, um, you know, it doesn't look like it's ten years old. Not only does it not look ten years old or however old it is, mm-hmm. um, if it came out ten years from now, I think it would still look modern. Like it's yeah. such a futuristic looking design. I think it'll it'll stay you know looking modern for a really yeah. long time. Um, and it is one of those things you drive it. I remember I've had I think two or three now test cars, yeah. uh, test i8s, and every time I drive it, I I don't know how many times people say like nice Lambo because they mm. just doesn't they don't know the BMW, BMW makes it and yeah. it looks anything crazy like that. Exactly, so it is pretty remarkable. Uh, and especially the Roadster. I mean, the Roadster it's even more beautiful. I, I think I, I think that's better looking. Yeah, with the yeah, top I mean, down looks incredible. Amazing, yeah. actually. Yeah, I, I had, had a, a Sophisto edition one that was pretty cool. Oh, really? I yeah, had a. Uh, or did I have the e-copper bronze? I think it's called. And I drove yeah, that yeah, car. Yeah. The first time that I drove that car was actually in um, in Mallorca, I think, Spain. Oh. Yeah, and there was a. <laughs> I drove it in Jersey, so. Yeah, as an insight, I think there was an incident there, not in my group, but somebody scraped like the side of the car a little bit. So uh, I don't think people were pissed off about it, but it was more like, oh my God, it's such a nice car, and you know, it's all scraped up. Yeah. So well, that's right. uh, there's some tight roads around there. Yeah, so that's, a, that's one that's cool. Okay, what's, yeah. what's, what's, uh, what's on the list? So aside from the 507 and the i8, there's the, uh, the original, the, well, the new Mini Cooper. So like when BMW brought the Mini Cooper back, oh, yeah. I can um, see that. that's on there. And I, I agree with that. I, mean, I can see like, that. I think that was Frank Stephenson. Who did that design? It was, right? so, I think so, yeah. And, and, or at least there was there was a committee, and his yeah, yeah. Uh, his was chosen, and um, so that was such a wild car because, like, I think it's one of the most perfect examples of how to make a retro design, like how to honor, you know, an old yeah. classic, uh, you know, icon, yeah. um, but still make it look modern. I think they did yeah. an incredible job with that. That's like still so good looking. And from a uh, marketing perspective, they definitely nailed it when they uh, used the car in the. Italian jab. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was super they smart. Did. I mean, I think yeah. they used both the classic Mini and also the uh, the new Mini. I haven't seen that in a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm pretty think, sure. I don't remember. Yeah, they, they, yeah, there is they a, used both? Yeah, there is a chase, you know, scene, you know, through... Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah, exactly, yeah. and I think some of them are actually the classic mini, if I remember correctly. And then they have also the new Mini Cooper, which yeah, absolutely, yeah, like you said, I think they nailed that. And I think it's the car that... Uh, totally revived the brand. It definitely, you know, brought so many new customers to the brand, and um, it's done fantastic for the for the BMW. Yeah, it group. really has. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been awesome. So, so there's that, and then the 3.0 CSL. I mean, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of like a given, you know. That's, yeah, yeah. this is a in such a classic, like traditionally uh, beautiful looking car. You know, like classic proportions. Yeah. Um, CSL, CSI. I mean, those cars look good, even on the road version, the, the racing version. I think they mm-hmm. look fantastic. Yeah, with the Batmobile with the exactly. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. And then another one which is more modern, which I love. I mean, I think is one of the best looking BMWs of the modern era is the six series Grand Coupe or Grand Coupe. The four, is, yeah, the the six series I think is better looking than the eight series version. It's just it's gorgeous. Every time I see one, even now, I'm like, oh my god, it's such a good looking car. Yeah, they definitely nailed that. I remember the um, uh, the official launch. It was in uh, Santa Barbara, I think, uh, like around Solvang, maybe. Yeah. So um, we had a car, you know, and drove around, this, you know, through these vineyards, and it was just, it was, it was quite cool. Especially the car, just looking at home there. But um, I, I agree. It's um, 
beautiful design with that you know um, roof line it's also quite spacious inside mm-hmm. and especially with the BMW individual touches like inside it was extremely luxurious so yeah i can see that one of the more unique BMW interiors of the time like with that weird like waterfall exactly. effect on the passenger side of yeah. the uh, the dash that was really yeah. cool like it was yeah. one of the few cuz like every German car now like it's all the same thing on the inside like from like you know they just kind of take from the top and and go down and make every yeah. car you know look the same so the 6 series grand coupe had this like really interesting unique interior yeah. and i re- always really liked that about it yeah i think um, they nailed that, that one that was a really good car but that's Agreed. i mean that's that's their list that's the five cars they had on the list i think each one is deserving i i think that. i would have i mean if if i were to add one more you know to that list it would be something that's you know quite unusual I and mean, maybe not that unusual but it would be the e46 m3 csl yeah you don't really see you don't see it here, right? So, I mean, it's but every time that I every time I go to Europe and I have a chance to like either go to the museum or somewhere where they have the car either the M Studio, I mean that car is just perfect. You know, it's got yeah. that you know silver color on it. It's just so, so the, beautiful. It's something that about that car, in, like ducktail spoiler exactly. at, the, at the trunk. It's really really. It's cool. just I mean, something about that car. I mean, they took the the M3 and just added just a few little things, but it's just perfect. Yeah. So I to mean, me, the, that would be. Another the one. M3 itself is great. The V46 oh, yeah. M3 by itself yeah. is gorgeous. It's so yeah. perfectly simple and well proportioned, and short overhangs, and you know exactly. that that car will appreciate perfect. in value even more. I think that car, the oh, yeah. prices on the E46 will go up like crazy. Yeah, I know. Much to my dismay, they're going up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, out of where I can afford. So yeah, it gets <laughs> to a point where it's where it's not even worth buying one because then you have to really babysit it. So. Yeah, that, that's no fun. Not with a car like that. No. Exactly. But yeah, I think right. that's a worthy inclusion to that list. I think that's pretty yeah. good. I did a good job with that one. I mean, there are a few obvious ones. I guess I would have probably... The yeah. only one that was an obvious, probably the Mini, but pretty much everything else, it's kind of like a given. Yeah, I think the only other one I would have added was... And I guess maybe it doesn't make sense because it's basically a remake of the 507, but that's the Z8. I always thought the Z8 was a great-looking car. Yeah, like another another like perfectly retro, modern design, like just so so encapsulates like what makes what made the original so good because it was yeah. obviously inspired by the five hundred seven, um, and but you know still look modern. Agreed. It's great, I, great looking car. I talk about a Z eight all the time when I meet with Sech Carlson from uh, yeah, you know Rondell. I think <laughs> I, I don't remember if he has two of them. I think he's got one. I think and, he does have two. And his wife right. Kelly. I, I think his wife Kelly has one too. I think yeah, he's got a black he... one and either a red one, I think, yeah. or a white. I want to so, remember. Him, I think I remember him telling me that story um, in Pebble Beach. He yeah, he yeah. bought one of the black one, like a high mileage one, yeah. for a low price, and then he bought. He and his wife bought another one for yeah. her. Yeah. That's like low mileage, like yeah. real minter, like real beautiful one. That's awesome. His, he drives the hell out of his. He drives it all over the place. Yeah, all over the place, yeah. yeah. He actually he, told me to come down to drive his car. I'm like, really? I'm like, I might do yeah. that, you know. Yeah, he actually he, it, so. he let a couple of the journalists in Pebble Beach drive oh, really? it. And I, cause he drove it there. He drove it from like, uh, I don't know where he, where he lives yeah. in California, but he drove it there. And I was like, I'm not San Diego, I'm sorry, I Satch. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't drive it. I'm not driving your, you know, six figure Z8 and there's all, all this traffic and all these crazy Ferraris going all over the place. I'm not doing that. I mean, if it was my car, I don't know if I would let anyone. Yeah. He's a brave man. <laughs> drive it. Especially letting like hooligan <laughs> journalists get behind it. He's nuts. Exactly. He's a great guy. So yeah, so Z eight. So Z eight's a great addition to the list, I think. Yeah. So Z eight E forty six M three CSL. That would be the the ideal list probably. Yeah. 
I mean, they did a top 100 of like every car in the you know, in the world. That's pretty hard to like get every, nail everything, but I, I think they, did a, they, they the BMWs they put I think were definitely worthy of that. Yeah. All right. So what's what's the but, next topic? Um, here's one. Here's one that's a little bit confusing, I think, for some fans. And it's the BMW i4. So we know that the first electrified car the M division is going to work on is the i4, right? Mm-hmm. So that's going to be what the M50. It's going to be called. I don't know. That's a tricky one. So we've we've talked to uh, to the MCO Marcus Flash quite a few times, mm-hmm. and he he's always hinting at things, you know. But I think. I'm not sure if the i4 is the first one or that uh, rumored X8, which right. apparently that has a hybrid component. So that might be actually the first electrified M car, but with a hybrid component. So let's take let's take that out of the equation. Let's just say that the i4 it's really the you know the first M car. I wouldn't really call it a full M car because from what I know the M the M performance division it's really under the M but what they do is they take a production car and they kind of modify it a little bit and it kind of sits below a full M car right. so I don't think we're ever I mean no I don't think we will see soon a full uh, M electric car I mean not the next two three years probably by 2025 we might see it maybe even the next M5 I'm not sure yet but um, I think the i4 I think the working name from what I read and heard and all these things, it's i4 M, uh, M50. So really, it's kind of like a, you know, X3 M40i or, right. you know, X7 M50i. So kind of the same idea. So what I expect really, I expect a little bit of different styling, uh, maybe some aero parts that are specific to the M car. Um I don't think they will they will work on the performance because the idea of all these cars is really to find the right balance in between, you know, performance and range. So mm-hmm. I don't think it will be something you know extremely uh, extremely fast. I don't remember what what we wrote as far as the horsepower, but um, I think it keeps getting. I don't know if it's rumored or where. Actually, I don't even know remember where this number came from but i keep seeing 500 horsepower is what i keep seeing makes sense right i mean it makes sense i don't think they have a problem getting that out of you know two electric motors it's probably going to be i I expect that car to be an x drive it would make sense for that car to be an x drive not being all-wheel drive exactly so um so i i think that's doable so it's quite exciting right i mean i don't think it's going to be cheap I, no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they will they will mark it up quite a bit. Um, I can't speak on, on the price because I really don't know, especially since you know the European price is different from the US. But it's it's not going to be very cheap. Uh, it's probably not going to be as expensive as a you know Porsche, uh, you know, um, Taycan, a Taycan. So it's not gonna be as expensive probably as not. that. But, but there it are will many probably houses be. that are as expensive as the Taycan. Exactly. So. <laughs> But I do see it, you know, being up there with, you know, Tesla Model S, you know, the performance one or something like that. Do you think it's more, if you're going to be more like M4 money or like maybe like M5 money? I I, I expected more than the M4 to, uh, so to like cost M, more than like the M4. More like M5 money, like 100000 maybe? I mean, it would make sense. So let's, let's, assume, but, right. let's assume that they do three models. Like that was the hint that I've always got that there might be three different variants. So... If you have an entry level one, they have to price it somewhere in between fifty and sixty, the starting price to kind of be competitive with the Model Three and all of that, and you want to stay within the same range as the i three, you know. So I think that then if you move up to the middle one, let's say that's going to be like you know sixty to seventy something probably. That's the price mm-hmm. range. 
it it also this this base price it's is so different on each market because some markets decide to pile on more standard features so they put it into the MSRP some other markets go with more of a you know uh, a stock approach and then you can pick more options and you know so that's why I would say 60 to 75 but then I would say yeah the, the i4 M50 it's got to be over 75k easily probably with a lot of options you know, ninety, yeah. hundred, somewhere around there, and it makes sense because that's kind of what they want to position it. In. I'm, I'm sure they will sell more of the, you know, entry level and the middle one. But if somebody wants to go more extreme, they can definitely, you know, go for the i4, or whatever. Right. Maybe it's gonna have i4 and fifty. Maybe I don't know. Do you have like any any idea at all, like even just roundabout time frame, like when you think might like is it? Do we see it in 2021? I don't. Th- so lately, what I've seen that they actually do. They do launch models uh, kind of like in a st- with a staggered approach. So if you look at the M3 and M4, they kind of do the same thing. They're launching now with right. only the mm-hmm. uh, uh, the all-wheel drive, I think, first. And then later on, they're going to bring the manual and they're going to bring the rear-wheel drive and all of that. So I expect them to start up with maybe just one model, maybe for one market. Like the U.S. might just get one model like in the beginning. And that's in 2022 anyway, because production kicks off in November of 2021, from what they said. That's okay. kind of like official. I think they kind of talked about that. So um, we, we we can definitely say with certainty that it's going to be November 2021 production. Um, each market will get it at a different time. So likely the U.S. will be sometimes, you know, early 2022, spring 2022. And right. I, expect, I expect just one model then, and then maybe later on, that year or the year after to get all the other models or that's my speculation because they're doing the same thing with the ix too i think the ix initially has only one one variant right. coming to the market and then they're planning to build another one or two more also so and i think the that's I, uh, the ix is going to be the top of the line one right first yeah i mean uh, that, that'll be top of the line yeah i mean it's uh you know if we talk about the ix i think they mentioned x5 prices so um, I had a call with uh, Frank Van Meel, uh, former head of uh, M M brand. Now he's the vice president for luxury and Rolls Royce cars, and the iX falls under that, so it's considered a luxury car, because BMW has this luxury lineup where they kind of um, group the seven series in there, the eight series, uh, the M8. I think the X7 is in there. So now, of course, the iX will fall under that. So that's a parenthesis there, but. Um, um, yeah, so I think the iX will will have more variants, but I think it will come out with just one variant initially, and it's not going to be cheap. So if they price it as the X5, if you expect a entry level iX, it's probably going to be priced at the level of an X5 40i. Then you move up to whatever X5 M50i, and then maybe the top one it's close to an X5m. Could be right. Okay. So I think that's kind of what we'll see. But um, so the i4, it's probably follow the same the same recipe. Right. The only reason I asked about a time frame was that um, this year we already have the Tesla model. Do you think so? The i4 is going to be like four series grand coupe size. So size wise, it's more Tesla Model Three performance, right? Like size wise, not Model S, because the Model S is almost it's like five series, seven series size, right? Um. Yeah, smaller. I mean, it's still smaller than the seven series. I would say the model. Yeah, it's like it's like a big five series, right? Exactly, yeah, some something like that. Yeah, with the roof line, you know, a little bit different. But um, I think the 
I, I don't I don't recall the the concept I four dimensions. Uh, I'm not sure, even sure if they talked about that. But I think if you look at the car and the Model Three, I think we did some comparison photos. Um, I'm pretty sure the i four it's a little bit longer, maybe. Yeah, because performance wise, they should be about the same. About 500 ish horsepower. Model Three performance has about that. Uh, I, I think the maybe maybe from for, for the top model, but I think the the entry level is probably going to be in the. 300, 400 range. Right, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about yeah, the, yeah. the, the uh, M50. Oh, the M50, okay, gotcha, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, I'm thinking yeah. like Tesla Model 3 performance, and then at around that price range you're talking about, it's going to be the, the Audi e-tron GT comes out this, well, True. I think it's going to be Next, debuted yeah. this year, and the entry level one of that I think is going to be like Porsche Taycan 4S power, so about 500 something, about $100,000. So I think that's, yeah. those three cars I think are going to be in that realm those are going to be the competitive cars, so it's going to ha- it's sure. it's going to be right there from yeah. you know the speculative you know specs. I think it's going to be right in, in where it needs to be, you know, terms yeah. of price and performance. I think the the um, the BMW i strategy it's a little bit different. So I haven't really talked to them since probably last year. I don't think I talked to them probably nineteen, but they they always emphasize this idea that they they don't want to build a car that just goes fast in a straight line so they're not looking for you know bragging rights okay this car is going to be the fastest in a straight line they're really looking for that you know electric car that offers a, a good balance in between you know performance range luxury all of that so i think BMW might take a different approach than the competitors where they're really going to bring some cars out that they're useful as far as the driving range the charging and all of that versus you know, let's put it in a drag race and see which one is the fastest. I mean, right. it's like it's, a cheetah mode. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Uh, no, they're, they're <laughs> definitely gonna have a they're definitely gonna have a, a boost mode. Uh, yeah, there is no they, way because they be any cute names like Tesla does like uh, it's, X mode. Uh, it's BMW. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't see them. Don't there, no. like that, right? I don't, I don't see them. They're gonna have a whoopee cushion button. No, right. no, I think it's gonna be a boost over boost or something like that. Yeah. It's simple and efficient. Yeah, right. Simple and efficient. That's the, uh, yeah, so. the German mantra. All right. Exactly. So that's the so, I4. So another one that's another M performance car, and it's, it's been being talked about a lot because with the facelift, it's getting a lot of love, and that's the M50, M550i. Excuse me. Um, yeah. Great you know, car. Top of the line, 5 Series that sits just underneath the M5. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's a lot of people that say, well, it might be a better buy than the M5 because it's basically just as fast in the real world it's more comfortable it's more usable but i think that and i think i've even said that in the past but now i'm starting to think that maybe that's not exactly fair because there's such different cars but i think it's probably bmw's best example of separating the m performance and true m cars like i think it's it's so good but it's also so distinct from the m5 i i don't remember when i drove one last uh been a few years so it was a press launch in in uh, portugal i think so probably 2017 so locations. yeah it's not, i know uh, good times when we used to travel to cool places and yeah. great roads i think you know uh, you know like another side note it's not about the exotic location i think they 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 constantly pick you know portugal as far as the launch because one the weather it's almost always super nice yeah. and and the roads are fantastic to drive and it's they're not there there is not a lot of traffic so that's yeah. why they kind of and, and honestly many like many times it's really the same location it's really nothing like you right. know let's go somewhere else because the roads are just so nice and it's it's a it's a pity not to go back there to drive some nice cars 
Well, the most uh-huh. exotic location I ever go to is Palm Springs. So yeah, I love Palm Springs. Hey, Palm Springs is nice, but it's just nine-year-olds playing Spring. golf. You know, uh, I love Palm Springs. You <laughs> Palm know, Springs it's nice. actually the I, roads are boring, I, but the, the Palm Springs is nice. Another side note, boring side note, but I think a lot of people from from Southern California are starting to kind of move into um, you know Palm Springs. You know, younger people too. So oh, good. Maybe it'll be maybe yeah. it'll be a little more fun next time. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, geriatric yeah, so. every time I get there. Hey, Palm, Palm Springs got some really cool festivals, you know. Does it? I'm only there, yeah, you know, co- the, the spring, and then it's the. No, they have. Uh, they have. They used to have Coachella, which was, you know, oh, right. yeah, like, Coachella. I, that's that's huge. There is another. I think it's called Stagecoach, which is kind of cool. Oh, I'm, I'm too. They have the to yeah. Things. They have the tennis open there, so okay. That so yeah, love Palm Springs. But anyway, so yeah, so that's the last time that I drove the um, the M550i. Um, I didn't drive yet the um uh the facelift yeah okay. i haven't either I, but i actually am should be driving in next friday gotcha nice so i don't think that uh, much has changed on the on the power <clears throat> output i think it's mostly styling but uh but i love the car basically when i when i drove it i mean i found I- even before the m5 came out i think it was i just found the car to be like super fast <laughs> great is. car uh i didn't feel a any moment that it needs more power of course and i got the m5 and i was like yeah this is really an m car yeah. so i don't know i mean it's it's always the same question should i buy the m550i i think there was a video by carwell maybe that did a video yeah, on the, did one uh, what recently. and what was their conclusion do you know what was I, their think, conclusion? I, I don't know if he necessarily matt watson from carwell i don't know if he necessarily said that it was better than the m5 or like a better buy but he yeah. definitely made the argument that it's you don't need more than that like in terms of yeah. performance like it's so fast yeah, you know, and uh, it's also and I, really comfortable and quiet, and you know, it's a great. And daily. I agree with that. Yeah, so I mean, the M5. It's always going to be the M5. It's clearly, uh, you know, better car in any in any way. But for many people, the M550i might be good enough. Of course, if you have the money and you can afford it, might as well go buy the M5 because you know yeah. it's going to make you smile even more. But um, I think the M550i is the perfect business sedan, as they call it. You know, yeah. it's got the X, it's got the X drive on it. It's got the, you know, the performance. It's got the styling that's a little bit more aggressive than the regular five series. So you don't have to go all out to really have fun with that car. Yeah. And honestly, mm-hmm. um, I don't. Did they track that car? I don't think we tracked that. Uh, maybe the not M550. there. I remember tracking that car somewhere. Maybe it was another test fest. I don't recall. But any, anyway, the the car is just fantastic to yeah. to drive. And uh, if you if you want to have fun, the car will let you do that. And, um, yeah, so that's an interesting topic. I mean, I think we'll probably tackle that topic also when you do your test drive. It might make sense to kind of, you know, have yeah. an idea. Revisit how much that a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. I've driven the M5 a lot. Uh, you know, I've had press cars. I've driven at Test Fest. I actually just drove mm-hmm. it recently in Monticello, um, the new facelifted version. They had it on track. Um, and I got back in. It actually had been a while since I'd driven it in the new M5. Uh, is just it's such a great driver's car for such a big heavy car it's so <laughs> fun to drive and i think that's Same. where it kind of differs from the m550 is like it's it's more of a driver's car it's more fun it's it's definitely stiffer it's definitely louder um you know it's more brash and i think it really distinguishes itself from the m550 because it is you know it's more fun it's more exciting and the m550 yeah. is more it's smoother it's more comfortable Agreed. it's quiet yeah. so I, I think I don't think like any customer is going to say, "Well, I, I'd rather have one of the other, like, or mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll spend the extra and get the M5 because maybe they want comfort 
if they want comfort, yeah. look at the M550. Yeah, so I think like the you know there's definitely two different customers for each car, and I don't know if they you you could really say one is better than the other. I think they are really different. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the beauty. I mean it's an M performance car, right? So uh, they uh, made that car to be that way. So if you don't want to spend the M5 money, you still have the option to pick up a really great driving car, and I think they achieved that purpose with that car more than with others i mean probably the m348 is another one that's kind of similar but they've they've done a really uh, a really fantastic job and i'm not sure what's the um ratio you know the sales ratio on the m550i versus the others but i i expect the u.s market to sell quite a few if you're in germany or europe they probably sell more diesels than they sell the m550i um and also they have this a lot of the executives in in Germany they they like to debatch their cars right. so they don't show that, that yeah. they have money so that's why or maybe they don't even buy it anymore so they just buy the diesel. It's funny it's the but, opposite um, here. You have people buy a you know three twenty i and then slap M three badges on it. That looks cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. So all right. What's the next topic? So and just lastly, this is the last topic actually. It's um. The best cars we drove in 2021 or 2020 and then yeah. what cars we're looking forward to driving in 2021 so we, yeah, so, we wrote this article actually it came out on christmas and we all kind of pitched in to say yeah. like what we what was our best car of 2020 so what was this best stuff you drove i mean i, I honestly it's probably the, the first year that where i really haven't driven that much i mean i'm used to driving cars every single month you know two yeah. three cars uh, especially you know, in a lot of Sometimes I would even fly to you know Europe and drive four cars in one day, you know, or in two days. So, but the, um, I think the year started with uh, uh, I think the two series Grand Coupe in Portugal. Then I did another drive in Germany, maybe the M one thirty five. I I don't remember. Well, but they, anyway, they so they can't be on your list, huh? They, yeah, <laughs> uh, the two series Grand Coupe. No, the M one thirty five. I maybe. <laughs> But um, but I'm going to go with the X7 for this year because I drove this car uh, first time was a prototype a few years ago and I loved it the moment that I drove it and uh, I wasn't sold on it before that but I truly enjoy driving that car uh, and it, it's made for the US it's made for the US roads and uh, I've never really cool. yeah I never really had a chance to go like really long distance but you know interesting enough uh, two years ago BMW had this uh, X7 tour throughout the US. Oh, really? Basically, they yeah they had a all journalists coming from all over the world to attend the international media launch of the X7. So what they wanted to show that the X7 is really a great road uh, road companion, like a road trip car, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and they had about maybe ten or eleven different stages where uh, you know you would you would start like on the east coast and then you would drive down south, and each leg was maybe six hundred seven hundred miles some of them wow, even that's, longer that's like long. like a thousand miles yeah and i mean some some journeys were driving for like two three days which is more than we usually do um but they uh they went to the east coast and they went down south and they went through you know uh, the central regions then they went through you know new orleans and all these places right. and then they ended up on the west coast but um I think there was a conflict of in, of scheduling back then, so I ended up doing a shorter trip from LA to Palm Springs. Okay. I mean, it's, it's quite short, only an hour and a half drive or whatever. But um, the nice it's part was that they uh, it was a good drive, but they they also added a uh, off road component, sort well, of an off road. I think I remember yeah. seeing you do that actually. I've yeah, it was a 
was a light off-road. I mean, it was not something like, you know, extreme. Soft-roading, yeah. Exactly, but it, it was still fun. So that was the last time that I drove the car, but I never really took it on the road trip. So uh, a few months ago, you know, when the pandemic kind of slowed down a little bit, I decided to, uh, you know, um, uh, do a road trip. I didn't really want to fly. I didn't feel, you know, safe yet flying. Right, so yeah, I took totally. a I took a road trip from Chicago to, um, to Tennessee with the family, um, pretty much packed up the car to its, you know, fullest potential. I mean, we're talking, I'm suitcases and, <laughs> you know, bags and strollers and uh, fishing rods. I mean, yeah, it, I really wanted to see how much I can pack in that car. I think half of the things that I got, I did not use, but I really wanted to see <laughs> what I can what I can fit right, in right. it, and 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 you know that was the idea. It was also a six seater. It was not a seven seater, so it was oh, yeah, a. It also had a captain, captain the captain chairs, yeah. Um, and um, uh, going down to Tennessee, I I, I split the, the trip in two. I I stopped halfway in, um, um, not Nashville. Where did I stop? Louisville, I think. Louisville, yeah. So I stopped in Louisville. So basically, it was a five-hour drive, then another five-hour drive from there to Tennessee. Um, so I first time that I got to to experience the car on on a long trip, and it's fantastic. It's such a you know calm, you know domesticated ride. It's spacious. Really? It's luxurious. When I really wanted to have a little bit more fun, I would just you know put the M five fifty I into the sport mode, and I would like you know like listen to the that engine sound. Right? Yeah, it was yeah, it was quite nice, and and, it, and honestly. It, at times, I was on, I was I was on the highway going like ninety ninety five miles per hour. I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> I better slow down." I wasn't yeah. even realizing I'm going that fast. So then coming back, actually, I did a full trip. So basically, it was a, just a one leg, you know, twelve hours. So yeah. I was a little taxed. I was a little taxing because you know that's a lot of driving, you know, in just one leg. But this, the same thing, the car was comfortable. They had no no back pain. Uh, just just nice to drive it so that's kind of that's kind of why i picked the x7 as the you know my favorite car of the year because now i now i see it right if you have a large family if you do a lot of road trips it's really the ideal car if you're mostly in the city the x5 it's good enough but if you do enjoy going you know being outdoor and doing all these trips i think the x7 it's a it's a no-brainer you don't have to go for the you know m50i which is over hundred thousand dollars you can go for you know uh Xtry 40i, which is I don't know yeah. 80, 90, whatever that is, a little bit cheaper or 70, I don't remember. Um, but overall, the car it's great. If you get the seven seater, it's even better than. So um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's I my agree. choice. I love, I love that thing. The X7 is an awesome car, and it's it's so funny because it's the exact opposite of a car that I would normally like. Like I like same, small same here. little things, and it's it, the X7 is great. It's same so here. Cool. I. I always said that I will never own an SUV or a seven series. You know, I mean, I'm always I always like the small cars, like one M, i three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't drive the one M too often. I should, but uh, but the i three, love that. But um, I do see myself, you know, having an X seven. You know, maybe one day. <laughs> but uh, all like all electric X seven would be yeah, fantastic. Be cool, right? You know, like give me give me like five six hundred miles range. That'll be yeah, right. That'd be pretty be nice. Idea. Yeah. Exactly. Plus, you Hopefully wouldn't feel so day. guilty about you know driving such a gigantic SUV. Uh, right? was, that was the, a uh, the green. Ex- it's not just that, but that was a quite expensive ride. You know, it was. Uh, <laughs> I had to exactly. fill up that the gas tank quite a few times. But, yeah, I'm sure that uh, 500 horsepower V8 exactly brings fuel pretty quick. So, when it weighs so like what was yours? Uh, what was my best BMW or best yeah. driving car? 
in total. Let's start with the BMW first. So it was definitely the M2 CS. Just definitely. It was just, M2 CS, yeah. Yeah, it reminded me of old school BMWs. And the M2 competition itself is great too. Like it's an amazing car. But the yeah. CS I drove was manual and it was the first time I'd driven a manual. It was not the first time I'd driven a manual M2, but the first time in a really long time. And it was manual. It's so fun. It's so sharp. It's loud. It's, you know, it's it's bumpy. It's uncomfortable. Actually, it's more comfortable than the M2, but it's still like loud and the interior doesn't have any sound it doesn't have as much sound deadening and it, you know there's no cup holders like it's very uncomfortable like there's no armrest it's very like mm-hmm. you know spartan and it just kind of gave me that old school bmw feel and it was, it's just so much fun it's definitely the best driving car bmw makes there's just no question it's so, so that might be uh, that might be actually the first car you drove before me probably <laughs> i don't think i i usually it's yeah, usually it's the other way around i, I usually I'm, I'm the spoiled one that gets yeah. drive it first yeah, always, but uh i haven't i haven't driven yet honestly i haven't driven yet i know there was a driving program on a track somewhere in europe supposed to take place but clearly you know things things changed last right. year but but i'm now i'm kind of waiting for the spring to um to come back and uh and i want to you know jump behind the wheel and try that because yeah. Everything that I read, you know, what you wrote, and I've seen some other videos. I mean, it sounds like a fantastic car. And really? the M2 competition, the M2 competition, it's by far my favorite BMW in the last few years. I mean, I've said it before, and I will say it once again. It's it's the right M car. I think when they came out with that M2, they just nailed it. It's the perfect size. It's so fun to drive. It's not that expensive, you know, you know, compared to the others, right. but. Um, but I love this. So uh, if I love the M2 competition, I, I have no doubt that I will love the M2CS. I drove the M2 competition once on the Oscari uh, racetrack in Spain, which is a very technical track. Very, um, it, It's not very forgiving, so you got to be really careful. The The sidewalls are very close to the track, so if you're not you know, careful, you can, you can yeah. get in trouble quickly. And um, it it just favors a very technical car, a very you know agile, nimble car like the M2 competition and the M2CS. So hopefully one day I, I get to go back there and really try the M2CS or even a track like in the US that's very technical. I think that's where you kind of see the capabilities of of this of this car. You know, um, yeah. It was interesting because I I was in um, Canada for M Fest in uh, Toronto oh, right, yeah. last remember, yeah. last year, and I drove last the year. regular M2 competition on. Track. No, I think 2019. Oh, I'm so confused. Yeah, COVID ruined my brain. Um, yeah, definitely not. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the last time I drove an M2 competition on track. Mm-hmm. And I drove a DCT model. And I remember being like, this thing is kind of sketchy if you push it too hard on track. Because it will bite you, you know, if you're not careful. And I'm not the yeah. best track driver. Um, so, it, you know, it was kind of made, made me nervous. But then I drove the CS on track at Monticello a couple months ago. And I remember thinking, like... It's, and I was driving the in the M2 comp in Canada was dry, a bone dry track, and Monticello was pouring rain, and the CS still felt um, more capable, more confident, inspiring. Uh, didn't scare you know scare you at all because I think they revised the diff and the steering. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and it's just it's just so much more planted, and the, the new adaptive uh, suspension. It's suspension, just yeah. So much more planted and confidence inspiring, and it's just a, it's perfect. It's like perfectly done there's the only criticism i had of it is the steering wheel is just way too fat it's like i don't have gigantic hands so it's like mm-hmm. you know hard to actually wrap around that damn thing but other than that it's it's so good and i've said yeah. it before though if you can't because it's going to be a limited run model you know not everyone's going to be able to get an m2 cs and if you can't 
the M2 competition with like $5,000 worth of mods is almost just as good, you know? Yeah, we 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 talked about that. I think we, we had a discussion, I think even on, on a podcast, or maybe we talked about it in, in, our, in our video, but that could apply to a lot of cars, right? You can add a bunch of, of course, mods of and course. suspension of that. But I think the M2CS is a little bit more than that. It's not just the mods. First of all, you're no, not is, getting you're that... Right. That carbon roof, right? That's right. one thing. Right. Carbon fiber roof, you know, you, you even though they do offer a carbon fiber option for them to competition, I I, <laughs> I have not seen any any US dealership that has done one, or maybe I'm just I'm not trusting not a dealership up to, date. to cut my roof open. That's not happening. I, I'm sure some of them are are capable of doing it. The question is if they really want to do it too, because it's it's a big job it and is, it could yeah. be quite quite risky. Actually, that's a good topic that that I need to look into. It. I need to find out if somebody in the U.S. has actually done a, an optional carbon fiber roof for the M2 yeah. competition. That will be very interesting. But, yeah, so aside from that, um, M2CS is still a little bit different. Even if you, it it's is. Like, I'm just saying if you, you know, can't get one because they're tough yeah. to get. If you can't get one, yeah. you throw you know new coilovers on an M2 competition, you know, maybe yeah. some new lightweight wheels, better yeah. brakes, and you know, you'll have a car that's nine-tenths as good as the CS on the road. On yeah. the track, it's a different story because it's just it's calibrated yeah. differently and it's lighter with the carbon roof, so lower center of gravity and all that stuff. So on a track, it's a different story. But on the road, I think, um, and, and that's not a knock against the CS. It's more um, praise for the M2 competition because it's oh, good a competition, so yeah, good, so good, know? yeah. Um, and I think the appeal of all the CS cars is really being limited, having some special colors, right, special yeah. interior. I think that's kind of the appeal. You know, I mean, of you know, if you buy one, it's kind of because you want to have something different, special. So, yeah. I, I would definitely get the M two CS if I if I could oh, splurge yeah. another. What what is it like twenty k more? Ish, yeah, something like that. Yeah, maybe yeah, it's like so, twenty twenty two thousand something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if it's sold out yet. I really haven't looked into that. I I think European prices are a little bit higher I, uh, in some countries. Uh, I think Switzerland it's over like a hundred thousand Swiss francs, which is used to be the one Swiss franc used to be the equivalent of one dollar. So it was definitely way more expensive there, and I think like in Belgium it started like ninety five thousand euros. So um, if you compare that to the U.S. dollar, it's quite expensive there, you right. know. But um, um, I'm not sure if they're sold out there. I haven't heard anything, but I haven't heard anything about the U.S. being sold out uh, too. Yeah, I don't know the it's, it's uh, U.S. market three, th- actually no, a little bit in between four and five hundred. I, I think I for the U.S. It might have been three fifty, but I wasn't sure, so I wasn't going to say. Yeah. It. I, they kept they keep changing that because of COVID. So I, I don't know honestly how many they're going to be able to build because the European production for the M two CS I think it actually stopped. I don't think they're oh, yeah. making them. Yes, because of the because of the engine. So I think that engine the S fifty five. It's the same reason why they stopped the production of the M three and M four, the F eighty and F eighty two earlier in Europe because of the engine. Yes. So actually, the production for the M two competition, M two CS, I think it stopped last year for in Germany. For emissions and stuff. For for emission reasons, yeah. Yeah, they would they would have to to modify the engine to be compliant, and it was too expensive to just extend it uh, to to use that engine just a few more months in the M2 or the M3 and M4. So that's why they decided to kind of start the production first with the M2 CS in Europe because I know uh, somebody in Italy, um, a quite famous guy that got his M2 CS like spring last year or, or early summer. So uh, the U.S. market is just starting to get him now, I think. Okay, yeah. So well, if you can they, get might, one, they might get be, one because they're great. I mean, 
if they if the factories were closed, I mean they were closed for quite some time there. They maybe not maybe they didn't have a chance to really build a lot of M two CSs. So maybe they're going to shift their production to the U S market. Maybe they're going to end up making more. I'm not sure, but um, like nonetheless, I think it's a it's a fantastic car. Yeah, it really is. It's a, it's amazing. It's genuinely the best I'm car trying. I've made since the one M. I mean, it's. I'm trying to find that topic where you said um, what was the other car that you liked. <laughs> oh, I can tell you right now. Oh, the best overall non non BMW. Oh, that was definitely the Audi R8. I know it's going to piss R8. off BMW fans, but the R8 is the new one. The V10 performance. I mean, it's incredible. I drove that. I drove it up to like Columbia, New York, from my house in South Jersey, and it's like it's about three hours each way. And mm-hmm. when I got there, it's almost three hours each way. And I, you know, I got there, drove it around for a couple mm-hmm. hours, and then drove it back. I was in the car literally all day long. I left the house at like eight o'clock in the morning, didn't get home till like mm-hmm. nine ten at night. You know, uh, just constantly drove it. And I remember pulling back up to my house and being like, I want to drive it more. Like I don't want to stop. Like it's just, it was so good. It's mm-hmm. like it's an everyday supercar. You know, it's got six hundred horsepower. It's zero sixty yeah. in you know a blink of an eye. It makes the most incredible noise and, you know, naturally aspirated V10 uh, and it's comfortable. You can drive it, you know, all day long and it doesn't hurt your back. It doesn't, you know, you can see out of it. It's got great tech, um, looks great. And it's just, it's an unbelievable car. It's expensive as hell, but it's, but I think uh, it's a, I think it's a car that a lot of BMW fans appreciate too. I mean, yeah, I think it's hard not to respect a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, you have to respect that car because has done has done fantastic things for for the Audi brand. Oh, yeah. um, it definitely put them on like on the map as far as you know building sports cars and still good looking. It also got really great marketing. Um, so I drove the the R8 also maybe three four years ago in in Palm Springs, <laughs> and um, there was a there was a caravan where they actually let us go through the um, Joshua National Tree. Oh, right, uh, right. Joshua or the, what's the name yeah, Joshua, Joshua Tree National Park right yes yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you did that and uh, yeah. Yeah, so that was so I was quite impressed I was actually driving right behind Keanu Reeves so <laughs> I was kind of uh, I was kind of cool and he's actually a really good driver he I, is, it, yeah. it, apparently he's not just you know using stunts in his movies but he's uh, he's actually a really good driver he was yeah. going quite quite fast but yeah, I know he's a big motorcycle um, guy too so but it's cool that he's a car guy yeah I, I think that the second day he got on a motorcycle with a few of his friends and, and went for a ride yeah yeah, so, uh, but yeah, so anyway, so the R8, yeah, fan, like fantastic car. Uh, I I agree with you. I mean, I haven't driven it, you know, since, but I would say for a non-BMW, it's a very good car. It, it's it's amazing. It really is. And I drove, like, one that mm. wasn't even fully kitted out. Like, it didn't have the magnetic really, yeah. shocks. It didn't have, yeah. you know, a few of the things. But it, it's really amazing. And it's, I wanted to kind of give uh, an honorable mention to the new Corvette, too, because I am not a Corvette guy. I haven't driven that one yet, though. I... I I don't like Corvettes. I'm not. I'm yeah. not even really. A, I mean, I like the idea of American cars, but most of them I don't really mm-hmm. care for. And typically, when I see a Corvette, it's like, yeah, here with that. But so what? So what did you like about it? It's just, it's so much better of a driver's car than I expected. The steering is very good. The chassis is fantastic. The performance is every bit. It's every bit as fast as an R8. I mean, it's zero to sixty yeah. under three seconds. You get five hundred horsepower, Crazy. naturally aspirated V8. Uh, eight-speed dual-clutch transmission, genuine, you know, mid-engine supercar that handles great, steers great, looks great, and it's sixty-five thousand dollars. I mean, it's yeah. it's the same price as the an price M- point is good. Yeah, it's the same price yeah. as an M2, but it's, yeah. it can genuinely keep up with a Ferrari in terms of pace, like genuine speed, yeah. and it's it's 
the remarkable thing. I can't. I actually can't figure out how they got that much car into that price point because typically you get in a Corvette and you go, oh, I see why it's so cheap. Like the whole interior is terrible. Yeah. You get in the new one and it's like it's not. I mean, the materials are good and the layout's good. Yeah. The tech is good. It's like I don't know how they do it. So maybe that's the that's the smart way to do it from the marketing perspective and sales. You you kind of slash your profits on that car a little bit more. So you're making less money like on the car, but you're able to offer, you know, a lot more. And that way, you know, yeah. you're getting this feedback like you just mentioned, right? right? right. I mean, so it definitely works. And it's going to sell like crazy yeah. because, you know, people are going to, I mean, I drove that around and I got more positive responses from people in the Corvette really? than I did in the Audi R8, the BMW i8, really? anything oh, like that. Interesting. I mean, people, because Very people, interesting. I think it's like, it's, it's humble. People think like I can afford a Corvette. Like I can, yeah. I can, you know, if I save up a little, I can get a Corvette, they, you mm-hmm. know, $250,000 R8. People are like, ah, I'm not, okay, I'm never going to yeah. be able to get one. But a Corvette, it's, you know, kind of a, something you can know, do. Yeah. It's the, the working man nice. sports car. And it really is. Gotcha. It's so much better than I expected because I'm not a Corvette guy, but it really, it really impressed me a lot. I haven't been in one in quite a few years, so I only drove the previous generation. But yeah, so I think to end, you know, this, I think my non-favorite BMW that I drove last year, since I really haven't driven much, I'm I'm gonna have to go with a Rolls Royce because I mean it's still a BMW Group <laughs> well, brand, hey, but it's it's not, it's, a, not it's, a, chassis, it's its own engine, it's its own thing. Yeah, no, no, it's it's definitely not doesn't have. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't. I'm not sure exactly what he has from a from the BMW brand, but it's yeah, like you said, I it's drive. a it's a. <laughs> Um, even the iDrive, it's it's quite modified. Yeah, it's yeah. probably the same uh, like underlying uh, yeah. you know software, but uh, it's quite. Mod- but anyway, so the platform it's new, everything is new, and I don't know. I mean, it's hard not to love the Rolls Royce Go. So it's like one of those things. Like yeah, sure, you know, you're driving a four hundred thousand dollar car. Of course, it's the best car. I mean, it, it, it's a great car. Honestly, when I review a Rolls Royce, I don't even go in thinking like you know how does it compare against this. I, it doesn't matter. It's a Rolls Royce. You know, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like in that car, I mean, what are you going to complain about it? You know, I should have gone with a, you know, a double blue leather stitching right, versus, right, you know, yeah, yeah. orange or like, I don't even know. But a uh, great car. I I drove it only for a few hours in one day because of COVID, but um, I can't wait to kind of go on a longer trip with that car. I, I did enjoy the fact that it's probably the first Rolls Royce where I really want to drive. Like right. until now... And like until now, I didn't really mind being in the back seat, you know, relaxing, yeah. you know, well, you know, in this is for right, it's for the back exactly, seat. enjoying that fake rich life, <laughs> <laughs> mine <laughs> meaning mine, <laughs> and um, so I should I should love driving it, and kind of the same thing as the X7. I was going like around Austin, and and that car just you know just goes. I mean, if you're not careful, you're like reaching, you know. 100 miles per hour i'm like you better slow down a little yeah, bit I mean, here it's, you know it's, it's uh it's yeah so that v12 it's uh it's it's such a great engine man it's so smooth you know the integration with that transmission it's so perfect it's like it, it the, the shifting it's so smooth you don't even realize when it actually sh- yeah. you know shifted and then um, it, it, I also like the fact that Rolls Royce has this philosophy where you just go inside a car and everything is preset for you yeah, I don't have to worry about like yeah. yeah exactly I don't have to worry about like am I going to adjust my suspension my steering my no man this is this is this is what you get right basically yeah. they're like you know yeah, there's the one button you can hit like low on the, the gear slot uh, right? exactly. to make it like yeah, low yeah. gear but exactly. it doesn't it's all exactly it's so I, lo- I love that. I love the fact that they're still going with this uh, design that's analog and digital. So it's a, it's it's so 
I studied design, you know, in in school, and the hardest thing is really to combine analog and digital because they're they're two clashing worlds, and uh, if you do a little bit of one too much, the other one, you know, kind of like fades away. So find that bright balance where you know you're keeping the old school but bringing the new in, and at the same time working well together. It's it's not something that we see often today, and Rosary right. still manages to do that. So and it's also quite intuitive because you don't have to think like, oh, this is a digital switch is it a you know analog it's kind of like it just makes sense because of the shape and everything that's done is so familiar right. and you just know exactly what like what it is you don't have to you know play around and try you know yeah. is it touch screen is it not touch screen right. is it that so it's all very intuitive that's yeah. yeah and i think you know that's kind of what the rolls Royce customer wants basically like you know yeah. i don't want to think too much as when i like right. relax and enjoy it's so. like even the um the temperature dials it's not like numbers it's exactly. just you turn it from blue yeah. to red back to blue it's, exactly, yeah, right. it's just like right. it's very it's simple like it's very no brainer right like a no like no brainer right that it's such a such a familiar design element that you see you know on your sink you know mm. cold water hot water it's like it it's it doesn't hurt that the blue and red strip is like made out of leather either like it's the uh, most high quality yeah, mineral metal has to be. And yeah it has yeah, to be it has to be you know yeah so yeah so that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of what i had you know yeah i mean the, i haven't driven the new ghost but i really really want to because i think the last hopefully World this year is the colin and black badge uh, um, which was cool yeah. but it's you know yeah. weighs as much as a tank so yeah it's, it's like, a big car yeah for really, sure it's fun to drive and i hear the ghost actually is kind of enjoyable to drive so i i, I do want to drive yep. it yeah it looks really good. i probably never will but i don't get those rolls royce invites I, i'm not uh not that high up on the food chain so but it, it looks I'd, it's it's a privilege they let us drive the it cars is, even yeah. for just a little bit right i don't push the envelope i'm 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 happy if i get to enjoy the car for a few hours you know oh, yeah. um and honestly i I'm not sure if I would feel comfortable keeping that car at my place for a few days. I'll be like, yeah, like, I don't know. And it doesn't even fit in my garage. Probably it's too long, (laughs) you know? So that would be out of the question too. Pull the uh, I3 out and stick the rolls in there. (laughs) It would not fit. It would not fit like length, like lengthwise. It will not fit. Yeah. No, nope. No way. Yeah. It'll probably stick out by the, by the least. Two, two feet probably yeah i i couldn't um, keep one well. in my driveway i i would feel pretentious and i feel like someone's gonna take uh, it or do something stupid and i, I would be the, the, i'd be way too nervous i wouldn't be able to enjoy having it around there's no way i'm taking somebody it somebody would think that you turn it into a, a drug dealer yeah, overnight exactly, you know? right <laughs> not, not by house, yeah. Not not by uh, owning the Rolls Royce, but by having the money to buy one. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, yeah the cops show up cool. my house, but thinking the FBI think I'm a drug dealer. <laughs> cool, cool. But, yeah, All right. That, I mean, so we dropped some good stuff. Yeah. Despite a COVID yeah, yeah. year, so it was pretty good. Exactly. So hopefully this year gets a little bit better. But yeah, it was good talking to you, man. Like once again, you know. Yeah, you too. Thanks for joining. We'll uh, we'll do another one next week. Probably we'll find some new topics. Maybe we'll get some new guests in. And uh, yeah. It'd be interesting to see if we can get a guest on with the uh, video, so we get all kind of. Yeah, I think that'll be good. Yeah, I think that's kind of the plan for for next time. Yeah, cool. All right, man. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, no, thanks. Always for a pleasure. All right, see ya. Definitely chat. All right, take care. Bye.